Oh wow! Welcome to another episode of Off the Record Podcast. Uh, I am here with one of the legends, one of the pioneers, somebody who I've watched and I've had the pleasure, you know, finally had the pleasure of meeting. But man, I've watched you since I was a kid. Like we're, we're talking like behind the cameras, and you know, he mentioned something. And he said, "Yo, I, I live in Vegas since 2003." And I'm like, "Damn, I came to this country in 2001." Wow, I remember 2001. I remember 2001. I was still living in the Bronx. If you guys don't know already by the uh, iconic uh, legend that I have sitting here, my guest today is Flavor Flav. Yo, you sound you, you say that better than me, man. You trying to take my job? Nah, man. No. <laughs> hey, well, listen. Well, listen. You, you, you've gotten a lot of comparisons. By the way, speaking about that, yo. I heard you, you're playing in a movie as like Boosie's dad or something like that. Did that happen? Yeah, 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 it happened. You know what I'm saying? Boosie, you know. I see the to, resemblance a little bit, though. Uh, uh, you do? I do. Hey, well, I ain't going to lie, man, but you know, uh, you know, Boosie, he ain't, he ain't an ugly cat. No, no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's boost, my dude, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In the whole nine. So, hey, I'm 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 glad that you see a resemblance. You know what I'm saying? He's a that's my dude, man. I love Boosie. Hey, the the, the great part about, you know, having you here is that I, I feel like I have the entire hip hop, you know, um history here. Like you have probably seen things come and go. Fads come and go, styles come and go, people come and go. Right. And um, one thing I've definitely admired about you as the years have progressed is that you haven't been someone who's completely stuck in the past. You've updated yourself. You've updated your style. You've learned how to fit in. You've learned how to do new things. And I've just always thought that's dope. That's someone who's able to uh, adjust. And I wanted to give you flowers for that. Thank you. I really respect that. So, um, again, which I was telling you, I was like, you you had the first reality show that I ever even seen, right? Flavor of Love, and I remember when I seen this, I said, "What the hell is this?" You probably told the story a million times, but how did how did you even fall into that, and how did that opportunity um, even get picked up by you? Well, first started off by uh, me wanting to do TV in the first place. You know what I'm saying? When I left New York. In 2003, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. So if, if you want to take it, yeah, this is real important. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Let me resume. Good. Okay, back. I'm gonna tell y'all. I'm gonna tell y'all what that call was about later on in the show. Okay. Yeah, because that's that that right there is huge. What's about? Yes. And I'm uh, um, I'm full of excitement. Still, like, uh, what have you um, what have you not done? Check this out. Let me let me let me take you back though. Let's get back on yeah, the page. Yeah. All right, we on? Yeah, we, we on. on. All right. So check this out. So um, first of all, you said that you've been here since 2001, right? Yep. And around 2001. That's when I, um, that's when I went to jail for a while at Rikers. Mm. You feel me? So I went to jail in 2001. I got out around, around near the end of 2002. 
How was that experience, Rikers? Got man, scared. Listen, check this out. I mean, you know, um, you know, through life and stuff, you know what I'm saying? I've been in and out of jail and stuff, you know what I'm saying? In the whole nine, you know, um, you know, a lot of traffic violations, but then also two gun charges, drug charges. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, everybody in the world knew, you know, Flav, you know, was on drugs at one time. You know what I'm saying? Everybody knew that Flav was driving around with no license and getting all of these citations and all of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? And they took all of that and ran that, all of that stuff up in, in concurrent. You know what I'm saying? And they gave me a year over in Rikers. Then... I did my Rikers. I did my time over at Rikers. I got out. And when I got out near the end of 2002, I hung out around Long Island for a while until, until maybe March of 2003, February or March of 2003. Then that's when I broke out and went to the West Coast. So you just left? Yeah, Why? man, because I said, you know what? Let me get myself out of New York, man. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, New York, that's where all of the skeletons in the closet is at. You know what I'm saying? In the whole nine. And, you wanted a fresh start. Huh? You wanted a fresh start almost. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And not only that, but then also, you know, um, you know, I really wanted to, you know, get myself off of drugs. You know what I'm saying? Did you know you had that problem or, or were sure just did. other people telling? I sure did know I had that problem. You know really? what I'm saying? And and other people didn't have to tell me because I already automatically knew it deep down inside. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, I've been on, I've been on coke and crack, weed, alcohol, cigarettes. You know what I'm saying? For... For 18 years, I, straight. I, 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 I saw you said that it was like even crack or whatever. Like, you know, it was an ex also you were spending a lot of money on these habits, too. I, I sure was. I, I, I spent a lot, a lot. I'll get you my book. You mm. know what I'm saying? I need it. I'll get you my book. And and um, this is how fucked up I used to be. And you know what? I'm proud to sit here and talk about it today because I've been clean now for off of that shit for, for the last 15 years. You know what I'm saying? I haven't done coke and crack, man, for the last 15 years. You know what I'm saying? Not only that, but I want to feel proud to say that I haven't drank alcohol in the last two, two and a half years. And I haven't smoked cigarettes in the last two and a half years. So I've been clean and sober. You know what I'm saying? I still nah, smoke that deserves an applause, man. Yeah. Nah, I, 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 I'm proud of you for that. I'm, yeah. I'm really proud of you for that. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, again, you know, I run a news page and I've covered stories where, you know, it, it was involving you and it, like, and I've seen some of the arrests and I'm, I was always wondering what was your mental state behind that? Because, you know, you could have all the riches and the money and, um, you know, it still doesn't mean anything if, if, if you may be going through addiction or other things. So I'm glad that, you know, I'm glad you're still here that we could have this conversation and shit. Yeah, you know, you're helping everybody you, else. Let me tell you, being fucked up off that shit, man, I ain't gonna lie, but it's sometimes it's a lonely world. It's a dark world. No matter how many people you have around you, you know what I'm saying? Doing the same thing that you're doing. But still in all, at the end of the day, it's still like a, like a lonely world, man. You know, it's a dark world, you know what I'm saying? And the whole nine and... I just thank I just thank God for letting me uh 
I just thank God for letting me make it out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um. Uh, sorry, y'all. This phone, man. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm like Obama, man. You know what I'm saying? My phone, my phone be ringing. <laughs> no, no. Of course. Did you handle all your, your like your your business dealings with yourself, or do you usually have assistant manager? No, I have a manager, but but you know, I, I handle a lot myself too. You okay. know what I'm saying in the whole nine, but there's a lot I hand over to my manager, and I'd be like, you know, hey Rhiannon, that's my manager. Her name is Rhiannon. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'd be like, hey Rhiannon, handle this. Yo, hey, we got this. Handle that. You know what I'm saying in the whole nine. Was there ever um, an intervention moment? Um, you know, through your journey, where because you you know, even to um bring up like for example um. You know, the late and great, you know, even DMX, it felt like, you know, while you're in the moment of, of sometimes even battling with drugs or whatever the case is, you're, you're going along this entertainment ride, which is just not a regular ride. You're, you're having these ex, extreme highs, dopamine is getting, and you might be taking drugs and that's the lifestyle. And then sometimes it's, it might be the people around you be like, hey, you're neglecting us. You're look how you're treating yourself. Look how you're acting. Um, it, I'm wondering. It's, it, never, it's never really been like that. It was you know just what jail I'm saying? because because I've kind of I kind of maintained myself very well. You know what I'm saying? While I was on that shit, you feel me? And not only that, but I kind of kept it hidden too. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of people, you know, didn't really know they were trying to figure it out. Yo, is he on something or, you know what I'm saying? In the whole nine, because I never really let people know exactly what I was doing. You know what I'm saying? Um, I started letting people know what I was doing when I was getting tired of being like that. You know what I'm saying? Because there's a point in time in life to where you get tired of doing shit, man. You know what I'm saying? In the whole nine, mainly when, when it doesn't get you no place. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get you my book. I'll give you get you my book. I wrote a book about in, in 2012, right? And, and it's based on my life story. You know what I'm saying? And there was a time that I was spending... $2,400 to $2,600 a day for six years straight, you do the math. And that's how much I spent on drugs. Sick, yeah, definitely. Drugs daily? Yes. Hey, I ain't going to lie, but um, I've sold a lot, cause I, but I was my best customer. You know what I'm saying? Cause I had a lot. I had I, I had a lot. You know what I'm saying in the whole nine, I, and I, I had a lot of money at the time too. I was just doing the wrong things with my money. You know what I'm saying. So, you know, I guess God wanted me to live. You mm. feel me? And He knows that I'm a mouthpiece to the world. So I feel that God let let me live through that, so that way I could teach people about the mistakes that I made, you know what I'm saying? And hopefully that they won't make them, you know what I'm saying? Later on in life, you know, drugs is easy to get on and they're hard as hell to get off of. 
How did you cope back then? Because you see, now we live, this is where hip hop is, is now, right? It's cool to, to rap about your addiction. Like people are telling you they're addicted to Zans or Percocets and the fans were like, great, we are too. But back then it was more of the dealers is cool to talk. If, if you're selling the drugs, it's cool to talk in that perspective, but it's never really cool to say, Hey, I'm an addict too. I'm I'm caught up on some of these drugs. Right. So I'm, I'm guessing maybe that was partly the reason why you were hiding it. But like, how was that dynamic affecting you? Well, let me say this. Back in the days when we used to make drug records, we used to talk about selling drugs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And seeing, you know, talking about who can make the most money off of drugs, you know, who's balling. You know what I'm saying? Off of selling drugs. You know what I'm saying? Uh, who was, who, you know, it, it was a competition thing. You know what I'm saying? To all of the hustlers. But now today's music, it done, we talking about doing drugs. You know what I'm saying? So there's a big change. There's a big change within the music. You know what I'm saying? Or within the lyrics. You know what I'm saying? Of our music. You know what I'm saying, and 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 not only that, but it's 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 um, giving younger kids the wrong idea. You know what I'm saying. Why you say that? And the reason why is because younger kids emulate off of what we do. Mm. You know what I'm saying. I mean, you know, everything that we do, a younger kid is looking up to us, and they're gonna want to. Be like us. You feel me? In the whole nine. So so a lot of kids today now is is getting on Xanaxes and Mollies and Percocets and you know, still got the got the Coke thing going on, you know what I'm saying? We still got the hard rock crack thing going on now today. You know what I'm saying? In the whole nine. People still take crack? Huh? Do people still take crack? What? Come on. Crack has been in existence since 1974, and it's going to always be in existence until we die. But like this, I feel like it becomes something where people shame it, though. Like, they don't... With Coke, there's, they act like, oh, this is cool. Check this out. Check this out. Today's society ain't shaming drugs. Mm. They're claiming drugs. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I want to try to reverse the prog. I want to try to reverse the process. You know what I'm saying? Because I know what it did to me in my life. You know what I'm saying? And it didn't do my life good. You know what I'm saying? In the whole nine. And not only that, but through drugs, I lost a lot. I didn't gain a lot. I lost a lot. You know what I'm saying? And you don't really gain too much by doing it. You know what I'm saying? You could gain a whole lot by selling it if you're not using it. And if you don't get caught selling it, yeah, you could gain a lot. You know what I'm saying? But you'll lose a lot if you selling it and using it. You know what I'm saying? Because at yeah. the end of the day, I mean, you know, hey, God don't like ugly. You know what I'm saying? God, God don't like ugly and he don't want us teaching the younger kids about what we do today. You know what I'm saying? With drugs and alcohol and shit like that. What was your breaking point? 
Like the probably the My lowest breaking moment. breaking point was me tired of being like that, and I was sick and tired of it. So, so the so the way that I was able to break that is I had to change where I live. I had to change who I was hanging around, and I had to change a lot of the things that I was doing. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I went to California. Because I wanted to change my people, my places, and my things. And long as you do that, then you're on the road to recovery. Wow. You know what I'm saying? It took me a while to recover, man. I ain't going to lie. It took a little minute. It wasn't easy. Mainly being fucked up off that shit for 18 years. 18 years, bro. I was fucked up off that shit, man. You know what I'm saying? This one body right here done took over 10 million lives, 10 million negative lives, and turned them positive. Now, if I could take over 10 million lives and turn them positive, then that means that I'm a leader. People are listening to, to me when I talk. And God sees that I'm a leader. So I feel that's why he kept me alive through all of my drug use. So that way, once I got myself well, then I can teach people, you know what I'm saying, about the mistakes that I made getting on that shit and hopefully that they won't get on it. You know what I'm saying? So I thank him for the strength today that I'm clean and I'm sober. You know what I'm saying? And I ain't going to lie, but this is, besides my life, this is one of the best gifts I feel that I could get from God. You know what I'm saying? By, by him giving me the strength to clean myself up and to get sober and to help other people that's fucked up to get sober and clean. You wow. know what I'm saying? And I've helped a lot of people get sober and clean. Yeah. All because... I stayed sober and clean. You know what I'm saying? So I'm leading people down that right path. And God has given me the power to do that. And when he sees that you're doing the right thing with people, then he'll give you more people to follow you. Yeah. You know, that's how wow. God works, man. G.I.G. Everybody's got a gig, a G.I.G. But my G.I.G. is God is good. That's my G.I.G. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I still smoke my weed, though. You know, I ain't squeaky clean. I mean, you know. Hey, listen, man, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, weed is natural. It's from the earth. You know what I'm saying? And the whole nine. I know that you use a lot of chemicals to grow it and all of this. I know one thing. Weed is more healthier than cigarettes. Facts. It's way more healthier than coke and crack and Heron and Molly's and Percocets and Xanaxes and you know what I'm saying? All of that and ecstasies. I mean, you know, so I'd rather just smoke my weed right now. You know what I'm saying? And get my little buzz, go, go in the studio, sit down, write a little something. Bam. Just go record. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And a whole nine. Just keep my strength, man. You, you um, you basically coined just really being a multimedia personality. We've always known that, you know, Flavor Flav is an entertainer. I don't think people have ever just pigeonholed, you're an entertainer, which right. means 
if you were going to be, say we watching the Knicks game, and if you were going to be one of the commentators, you were going to bring the hilarity, you're going to bring the fun, you're going to bring the joy. Right. That's been how I viewed you. I was ever always since. known, I was always known as the Joker. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? In the whole nine. I'm not, I'm that first original street nigga on records. Mm. I brought that street shit to the, to, to the, to the to the to, to the recording game, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. In the whole nine. Um, wait, wait, put me on game about far that. As, put, put, far put me on as, game. Far as like with like slang. Yeah, yeah, instance, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the slang words that I was coming up with, you know what I'm saying? And and later on, a lot of the slang words that I was using that people started using. How'd you feel about that? Yo, man, I felt good because you know what? They took my language and turned it into a word called Ebonics. That's fact. What the fuck, man? I mean, I, I'm the one that came up with these words. I know what these words mean. How y'all going to tell me the meaning of what I started? You know what I'm saying? I know the meaning of what I started better than anybody else. You know what I'm saying? I brought dress styles into the game. You know what I'm saying? I'm responsible. Who would you, you get that fashion sense from? Because I'm going to be honest. I remember, first of all, everybody tell me I can dress. But you, it's, it's a notorious style about it. There's a swag about it. It's very signature, even down at the clock. Come on now. Yeah. How, where'd you get that from? Or from like being how did original. You- just being original. You know what I'm saying? And just doing a lot of things that people wasn't doing. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to be the first to do it. And then everybody else followed my trend. You know what I'm saying? Like the hat and the glasses to, you know, the hats to the side with the glasses. You know what I'm saying? And the whole nine. Soldier Boy, when he first came out, you look at his first pictures. Yeah. Look just like Flav. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of other people was looking like that too before oh, Soldier Boy. That's you know fact. what I'm saying? Back in the days, Nike, right, made these tracksuits, and they were neon-colored tracksuits. You know what I'm saying? And when we go to California and we go to the Nike store, man, Nike used to give me boxes of shit, man. Boxes, just boxes of shit, you feel me? So they gave me these these neon tracksuits, and I went out on stage wearing this neon tracksuit shit. You feel me? Next thing you know, everybody starts wearing neons. Next thing you know, neon colors came into style. Yes, I'm responsible for people wearing neons. Oh, I'm responsible shit. for that neon trend. You know what I'm saying? Just like back in the day, you know what I'm saying? I had my high top fade. You feel me? I had the high top fade. I was the first one in rap music with the high top fade. And then who comes next? My boy Kid from Kid and Play. You know what I'm saying? Then, Then me and Kid was in competition to see who could grow their hair the highest. That's why his was so high, because we were in competition. And he said, Flav, you'll never catch me. And that's why he kept growing his so high. You know what I'm saying? But I'm the one that came out with that. You know what I'm saying? You put me on game right now. Yeah. This is, see, see, this is the education where, you know, like, uh, you know, 
Yo, check this out. Go ahead. Next thing you know, then everybody start taking my high top fade style, cutting it down into the Gumby and all of that. And, that, and there's a lot of people that had the Gumbies. Then I shaved my head bald. Why? When I say because I just wanted to do something different. So I shaved my head bald. And when we was out with Run DMC and Jam Master J, God bless you, Jay. I miss you, Jam Master J. That was my boy. But when we were out on the road together, you know what I'm saying? I was on stage. We, 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 we getting it in. I took my hat off. And when Run DMC see me with a bald head, they went absolutely crazy. Then they went bald. And then after they went bald, now everybody around the whole United States started sporting the bald heads. That's when that bald head everything came in. You know what I'm saying? You fucking me up right now. Like, you, you fucking yeah. me up because check this out. It, it, it's, it's making sense. Yeah. I just didn't connect the dots. Go ahead. So check this out. So then I grew my dreads. I grew my hair back, and then I stuck, and, and, and I had a dread in the, in the whole nine. Right? I grew my dreads. Now, Africa from Jungle Brothers was really the first person ever in rap music to have dreads. But when I came with my dreads, we were seen way more than Jungle Brothers. We were out there a lot, way more than Jungle Brothers, you know what I'm saying? And all over the world and everything more than the Jungle Brothers. And people see me with my dreads. Next thing you know, the whole United States Starts rocking dreads. You know what I'm saying? That's where you get a lot of people in sports now. You know what I'm saying? Like in football. A lot of football players, man. Come on, man. They got dreads. You know what I'm saying? A lot of basketball players was having dreads too. You know what I'm saying? But I'm the reason why a lot of people started wearing dreads and rap music. How uh, how are you thinking though? Like in in those moments, because now you, you've done a few things that's changed the culture. You're affecting style. You've, you're seeing how many people when you do something, they're gonna copy or they're gonna be influenced by it. How's that making you feel? Hey man, it makes me feel like I'm a leader. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm an innovator. You know what I'm saying? In the whole nine, and it makes me feel like I'm doing something right. You know what I'm saying? If I wasn't doing doing something right, then I don't think people would be following me. That's true. You know what I'm saying? I've always said nothing nothing great doesn't get copied. You know, if you're doing something good, it would always be. That, that's why sometimes I ask you the question to see if you were like, yo, oh, why, why are all these other rappers or rap groups trying to look like me? But, but in reality, if it's not great, no one will copy it. Right. And, and, and you're setting the trends. You're an innovator. Yes. Jesus. Because I ain't going to lie. A lot of the things I did, it wasn't great. It was greater than great. That's why a lot of people copied it and followed me. Do you feel like you get the flowers that you truly deserve? Um, Thank you, man. And, and not only that, but I'm glad you received these flowers while I'm alive. That's a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of legends... They get their flowers after they die. You know what I'm saying? But God has blessed me to be a living legend. Most legends are dead. Yeah. God gave me the power to be a living legend. 
and to get my flowers while I'm alive. So I'm glad to be living and see me get flowers. So thank you all for all of the flowers, man. You know what I'm saying? That y'all give me. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, if it wasn't for y'all, I would not be Flavor Flav. You know what I'm saying? In the whole nine, because it was y'all that supported myself, my partner, Chuck D, my group, Public Enemy. It was y'all that kept us in the game. It wasn't me and Chuck that kept us in the game. It was the support of all of y'all that kept us in the game and that made us stay in the game. And, and we just kept feeding y'all, just kept feeding y'all, kept feeding y'all, and kept feeding y'all, and kept feeding y'all because we was feeding y'all the right foods. Where's that relationship at with Chuck D? And, you know, obviously you guys are the infamous group. You know, people love you by yourself and him, but, like, people love you guys as a group. Where's that relationship at? Hey, let me Where's tell Public you Enemy at? Let tell me, me tell you something, man. You know, when it comes down to Public Enemy, a lot of people wanted to know what made us tick. What, you know what I'm saying? They used to take Chuck, put him in one room, take me, put me in another room, and split us up, and they still could not come up with the formula. You know what I'm saying? The only ones that could come up with the formula was me and Chuck. Why? Because we're the ones that made up the formula. You know what I'm saying? In the whole nine. You know, right now, Chuck, hey, he's out there doing his thing, man. You know what I'm saying? And all of that, and... You know, me, I'm, you know, doing my thing as well right now. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, we, we love each other still. You know what I'm saying? We haven't worked together in a minute because Chuck has been out there doing this and I've been on the other end over here doing that. You feel me? But later on down the line, I feel we'll come together again and give the world what they want, which is a good Dope ass public enemy show reunion, man. I was gonna, I was gonna say tour, like not just a show, maybe a tour. A couple years ago, you did, you did come out, kind of like with, with like, you, and I don't know where the rift was at that time. You said that you had some demands. Um, you know, you speak. It doesn't seem like it's that much far removed of what y'all can't, like you know, get it. Like for for those people who are still waiting for it, what has happened? Come on, tell us. Because people want to see sooner than later, you know, you know, everybody's aging, including myself. Like, and 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 people want to have those feel good moments to be like, "Yo, look at that." Well, see, you know, my partner Chuck D. You know what I'm saying? He's always creating shit. He's always doing shit, and you know, he's been creating a lot of stuff, man. A lot of new new shit for the future. You know, Chuck has always been the type of person who's always been ahead of time. You know what I'm saying? I used to be like that, too. You know what I'm saying? But Chuck is always ahead of time, and he's always coming up with some new shit. You feel me? In the whole nine, and new shit to teach to the world. You know what I'm saying? In the whole nine. You know, Chuck has been working on a bunch of projects and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Through the years that you guys will end up learning about. You know what I'm saying? And me, myself, um, you know, I've just been working on 
you know, my solo shit, you know what I'm saying? You know, after television, I still want to do music. You know what I'm Why'd saying? Why'd you stop doing television? So we remember you, uh, again, I was just having a conversation. I say, listen, you know, you know, you had maybe some cookie cutter, like what we would call the white people television stuff, the real world, this and third. But like really when, when reality TV took, you know, took culture by storm, it took culture by storm with you. And that was, you know what I mean, Flavor of Love, right? What I remembered after that, obviously you had a couple of seasons, you know, you had a couple of predecessors who had their own things. But then I remember Ray J came through and then it was, it, it felt like there was, it, it, it was building blocks that you started once again a pioneer. I'm wondering, you know, even now, um, um, and I look at that and I'm like, this is, if without Flavor Flav, this doesn't happen. Blueface and his girl got a show. And and they're like, it's a whole thing in the whole media right now. I wonder what you think about that whole reality TV um, stuff. Well, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me take you back to the beginning. Please. Of my reality TV shit, you know, what's got me into reality TV in the first place. Please. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, when I moved to California... I said, I'm not going back to New York until I get on TV or until I get in the movies or something. You feel me? In the whole nine. So uh, I remember um, my, part, my partner, Norris. His name is Norris. And he was an editor for Fox 5, right? Steve Harvey had a show back in the day called Steve Harvey's Big Time. You know what I'm saying? Which was like a variety show, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, a lot of circus acts and not circus acts, but you know, acts and shit, right? And the whole nine. So, uh, Morris was like, yo, Flav, yo, man, come with me down to the Steve Harvey show, man. You know what I'm saying? And the whole nine and, you know, sit, you know, they'll put the camera on you, this and that, that and this. So I said, okay, bet. Went down to Steve Harvey's big time show and everything. I'm sitting, I'm sitting in the audience there. Next thing you know, the cameras came up on me. You know what I'm saying? And next thing you know, my phone start ringing off the hook because the show was live. My my phone starts, immediately, yeah, immediately starts ringing off the hook, man. Everybody, a lot of people back here in New York, then see me on the Steve Harvey show, so they calling me, saying, "Yo, we see you, we see you, right?" Steve Harvey came out and he stopped his show when he learned that I was in the audience. And he said to everybody, now you see that young man right there? If it wasn't for Flavor Flav and Public Enemy, I would not have a show today. It was Public Enemy that had us raising our hands up in the air, you know, putting our fists up, up in the air and talking about black power and, you know, you know, raising the, you know, raising the awareness and consciousness, you know what I'm saying, in the whole nine. So that was my first TV appearance. My second TV appearance was, God bless him, I miss him, my boy Bernie Mac. Really? Yeah, I Rest appeared, I oh, appeared on the Bernie Mac show, and, and, and we did this... Uh, golfing scene where we was on the golf course and it was myself Monique. burning that show underrated Jesus yeah it was it, it was myself 
Monique, the comedian Monique. Yo, shout out goes to, out to Monique too. You know what I'm saying? I Monique's love my amazing. sister, man. Um, uh, and and I remember I was wearing my horns. I remember I, I had on my horn hat. So I said, I said to Bernie Mac, "Hey, yo, Bernie, check this out. Watch this." So I walked down far from him, right? He was standing there with, with his hand on his golf court, golf club. I ducked my head down. <laughs> this is so funny. I ducked my head down and I started running towards Bernie full speed ahead. When I stopped short from Bernie, Bernie had the golf club up like this. He was like, Yo, man, <laughs> I was about to olay your motherfucking ass. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Bernie was about to club me, man, because, you know, when you see horns coming at you like that. Why are you running at him like that? I was just joking. Oh, okay, 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 I was okay. just joking, <laughs> man. Come on, man. You know me. I'm a jokester. I'm yeah, a joker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? In the whole nine. Bernie Mac was the um, second TV appearance. My Third appearance was with Ari, Ari Spears on Mad TV. Because that's Ooh. when Aries, okay. Aries, Aries Spears was doing Mad TV and shit, right? Mash yeah. out goes out to my boy. I love him. You know what I'm saying? Uh, then after that, then I appeared on Damon Wayans, My Wife and Kids. I just did a cameo Your fucking on memory the show. Is incredible. Right? Huh? Your memory's incredible. Yeah, like, yeah. Did- so, so, okay. so then there was a lady named Laurie Muslow, and uh, it was Marilyn Gill. Uh, they led me into doing reality TV. So Laurie Muslow, thank you, Laurie, for leading me that way. She took me to the VH1 office and I got to meet, uh, I got to meet Chris Abrego and Ben Samick. And they said, hey, Flay, we want to put you on Surreal Life. So at that time, to me, Surreal Life Man, that show was like for has-beens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, that yeah, had Vanilla yeah. Ice on the first season. I remember that show. Who, and, and, and at that time, Vanilla Ice wasn't hot anymore. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. MC Hammer, he did the second season. MC Hammer, he, stu- he wasn't hot anymore at the time. Yeah. But those TV shows had built Vanilla Ice and MC Hammer back up. Because good things happen to them after the show. Yeah, yeah. So they said, Flay, we want to put you on Surreal Life. So I was like, ah, oh, man, I don't know if I want to do that, man. Because that show was like for has-beens to me. They said, well, look, we want you to call Hammer. Ask Hammer what it did for him. I called MC Hammer, right? So I said, yo, Hammer, you think I should do this show Hammer was like, yo, Flav, yo, you should do the show, man. Because I'm telling you, man, yo, good things happen for me after the show. And it can happen for you, too. So he talked me into it. MC Hammer is the one that talked me into doing reality TV. I said, okay. 
I'll give it a shot. So they put me on Surreal Life 3, right? Um, they, put me in a, they put me in the house with five other celebs. You know what I'm saying? A girl named Ryan Starr who was on American Idol who got booted off. She was on there. My boy Dave Coulier from Full House. That's my boy. Mash out out goes out to Dave Coulier. Um, my boy Jordan Knight, lead singer from New Kids on the Block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mash out goes out to Jordan. Jordan Knight. That's my boy. That was my boy. Um, then there was Charo. My girl Charo from Love Boat. Coochie, yeah. coochie, coochie. All the way to the bank. That's Charo. I love you, Charo. I had to shout her out. And then, we, we can't forget, last but not least, my girl, Bridget Nielsen. Yeah. Who y'all call Bridget Nielsen. You feel me? Uh, during that show, me and Bridget, we ended up falling in love. That's where that's where a lot of I remember everything kind of started, right? <laughs> was that real that's, though? Hey, check this out. Was it like real check love, or it's like y'all knew the cameras is no, it wasn't like that at all. It was not like that at all. This is what happened during the surreal life, right? Bridget, she used to walk around the house naked, nothing, just nude. And she knew cameras was on. She knew the cameras was there, no, and the whole nine. You look at some of the, a lot of the surreal life, you'll see her blogged out, <laughs> her body blogged out because you know she was nude and everything, you know. And and at that time, she her hygiene wasn't all that great around that time and shit. You know what I'm saying? And she would go to the bathroom, wasn't washing her hands and stuff. So one day she went to touch my face and I smacked her hand down. I'm like, yo, I don't want to, I don't like nobody touching my face. He says, you don't like no one touching your face? I said, no. She said, okay. Bow! And she slapped the shit out of me. What? Check this out. I'm from Freeport, Long Island, all right? <laughs> check this out. I'm from Freeport, New York, Long Island. You feel me? And check this out. I was taught if someone hits you, you hit them right back. Because if somebody hit me and I didn't hit them right back, man, my mother would beat my ass. Or my pops would fuck me up, you know what I'm saying, for not fighting back. So as soon as, as, soon as Bridget slapped me, man, I reached back all the way to Africa and came back, <laughs> pow, and smacked her in the face. Now, here she is, 6'2". I'm five, six and a half. As soon as I smacked her, she looked down at me, and she grabbed her face and said, oh, no way. I like that. I'm looking up at her like, Oh shit, this fucking woman is crazy. <laughs> like, I'm like, Flav, if you want a career in reality television, or if you want a career in television, 
you better make friends with this woman because you don't know who she is. You don't know what she knows. And at that time, I didn't know who she was. Didn't. I didn't even have a clue of who Bridget Nielsen was. So we made friends. You know what I'm saying? The next thing you know, long story short, I don't want to take y'all too much through the particulars. You know what I'm saying? But things happened. We fell in love and everything. And after the show, we were staying at the Mondrian Hotel on Sunset. And me and Bridget used to swim around in the pool at night. And we were the only two that were allowed in that pool after hours. Only me and Bridget. The producers heard about that. And they said, you know what? Let's give them their own show. So they gave us a show called Strange Love. Now, mind you, when I did Surreal Life 3, that show became number one that season. When me and Bridget did Strange Love, Strange Love 1 was number one. Then, then we did Strange Love 2. That was number one that season. Then we did Strange Love 3. That was number one that season. Then when Bridget went back to Italy to be with her family, the producers said, hey, Flay, what you going to do for love now? I said, I don't know. They said, well, do you watch The Bachelor? I said, I heard of the show, but I never watch it. You know what I'm saying? They said, good. So check this out, Flav. We want to take you, and we want to put you in the house with 25 girls. All you got to do, Flav, is narrow it down to one. Narrow them down to just one girl. So I'm like, okay, how the fuck am I going to do this shit? You know what I'm saying? I couldn't vision it. But I said, okay, I'll give it a try. So, next thing you know, they put me in, I get, long story short, I jump in the casino, I, 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 I jump in the tuxedo and all of this shit, you know what I'm saying? They put me in the limousine, my boy, Big Rick, I love you, Big Rick. Big Rick was my driver, and he drove me up to the house. And when he drove me up to the house and I seen all of these girls standing outside, I'm like, oh shit, this shit is real. I said, how am I, how the fuck am I going to do this? You know? So next thing you know, jumped out the car. All of the girls start screaming and cheering for me and the whole shit. Next thing you know, Long story short, the producers had me give all of the girls names, which I've never done before, and the whole shit. And that was entertaining. That season, the first Flavor of Love season, season one, was my best season because that's where I was able to break the ice. 
What you mean? <laughs> what I mean by breaking the ice is to be able to. I broke the ice with myself on learning what to do with these girls, man. Were you sleeping with them? Huh? Hey, yo, check this out. I've always wanted to know. Check this out. Because I thought it was fake. Check this out. I'm like, I don't know. If, I, check I, this I, out. I'm one man on an island full of women by myself. That's too much pussy. You're right. What do you think? And if I didn't touch anything, then I would expect you to question my manhood. Damn. That's true. You know what I'm saying? So, so. That's like the so best check show. This out. So check this out. So first season of love, right? First season of Flavor of Love. And it was a crazy season because it was New York, Pumpkin, and Hoops. That really, really made that show. You know what I'm saying? Because that's the time. That's the time. Wait, Hoops was on with, with New York? Check this out. That's the time. Hoops when, was fire. That, that's the time when New, when New York and Pumpkin had an argument. And, and Pumpkin spit a luga. A loogie. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, spit a loogie at New York. And it almost... Went in New York's mouth, but it went to the side of her face. <laughs> but yo, New York, <laughs> yo, New York pushed her into the camera and fucked her up, man. And I'm like, yo, girls, girls, chill, chill. <laughs> wait, 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 hold on. I was laughing, I was laughing, but but it was flavor, flavor. And none of this is is like planned. This is just written. This is all happening. of this is real. All happening. of this is real. All of this is real, and I did it my way. <laughs> Frank Sinatra, yeah, let's get it. Way. I did it my you way. You did do it your way. You know what I'm saying? In the whole nine. So that was prime fucking so, entertainment. So at the end of the day, it was between New York and Hoops. No, let me ask you this question. I, I, I always wanted to notice. I promise you, I always wanted to notice. Now I believe Hoops is fire, but. I felt New York was always a star. And this is what I was wondering about, like, reality TV. If someone's great for camera, does it matter about the love or do you got to keep them on? Like, for example, New York was going to be a star. And I think you have to, even if maybe your heart didn't feel that way about her, you got to keep her there because you want these ratings to be. And them ratings was through the roof. And, and you know what? Check this out. That's where my producers came in. Oh, okay. And the reason why they came in to step in is because as the show was going on, they were seeing who was best for television. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they was giving me the advice. They advised me to keep this person, to keep that person. We advise you to keep this person because right now they're good for TV and the ratings are going up. You know what I'm saying? But they never told me what to do and how to keep and who to keep. They just gave me the advice. Okay, and okay, then okay. it was up to me to take the advice or not. You know what I'm saying? And I'm glad I took their advices. You know what I'm saying? But season, but, but season one, yes, I picked hoops. You know what I'm saying? Yo, Nikki Alexander, yo, hoops, my girl. That's my girl, man. You know what I'm saying? I love her. I miss her, man. But, but uh, anyway. 
Do you keep that in contact season, with any of those women? That season was number one. Obviously. Then I came with Flavor of Love 2. Yeah. And that's when I picked my girl Delicious. Ooh. Love Delicious, man. That was my heart. You know what I'm saying? In the whole nine. Um, and I loved all of the other girls, too. You know what I'm saying? In the whole nine. But when it came down to Delicious. The ass was too fat. Who had that big motherfucking ass right there that everybody that was, before was, the BBLs. That everybody was in love with. That was before and, and the BBLs. Everybody was in love with her ass. But I was in love with it, too. Was it real? <laughs> It was real, right? Wasn't nothing fake about her ass. That oh shit was really, really, really real. You know what I'm saying? Shit. And I said, you know what? If I walk off the set with this big ass right here, I'm going to be the motherfucking man in the hood. You feel ass me? Ass fat like a swamp possum. But anyway, but you know, it's a personality. It was her realness that made me pick her. Really? It wasn't just the ass. I, but it was, it was like a good, a it was lot, a good help. It there's was a, good a help. lot more to, to delicious than her ass. And yeah. Let me tell you something. She's a very smart girl. You know what I'm saying? And not only that, but delicious was down for Flav. Just to let you know. She was down for Flav. You know what I'm saying? Then that season was number one. Then I did Flavor of Love 3. And Flavor of Love 3, I picked, oh, was it Thing 1? I think it was Thing 1, because I had twins on the show, Thing yeah, yeah. 1, Thing 2. Yo, um, excuse me, can we take a break for a second? No, of course. I just need a piece of Kleenex. No, of course, of course. Yes. It, um... I fell on my nose. You lied? Yeah. All right, so anyway, so I ended up picking thing one. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I had twins on the show, you know what I'm saying? And the whole nine. And he was it, living it, the it man's was, dream. It was kind of awkward to the girls, you know, because. New York came back on one of these shows, out. though. Yeah, she came back. But check this out. With the twins, it was kind of awkward with them because when I was laying in the bed with them, I would turn kiss this one. Then I would turn and I would kiss that one. Oh shit. Then I would turn back and kiss this one. Then I would turn back and kiss that one. And you know what? They both was down for me. Who had a better box? You know? And, uh, and if I wanted to. Who had a better box though? Hold if, on. If I, if I wanted to. You could have kept them both. I could have took them both. Oh, you should have did that. Oh yeah. my God. That would you be know what I'm saying? In the whole oh nine. God. It would have been awkward to them, but not to me. <laughs> Damn. You know what I'm Who saying? Who had a better box? But that season okay. was number one. Everything is number so one. So check this out. Out of three seasons, yeah. I had to date a total of 85 girls. Shit. You know what I'm saying? I had, I had to date 85 girls. No, I didn't hit. 85 girls. No, I didn't fuck 85 girls. But at least no. 10. At least 10. But, but out of 85 girls, I mean, I had to touch something. You know what I'm saying? And come on, man. Who wouldn't? You know what I'm what saying? What percentage of that? Would you say like 10 or 20? I just did my thing. 
That's all. That's I'm not 45 right there. Giving up percentages. Nah, I'm not telling that. who. That's 45. Nothing. <laughs> flavor, flavor. <laughs> I just just say I did my just say I did my thing. Say man. no more, my brother. Yeah, say know, no more. Yeah, yeah say no more. I like I like how you bring yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah, you Damn. know. Say I ain't putting nobody out there. Why'd man. you stop? I gotta know why you stopped. This was amazing, well, amazing ride. Well, the reason why, the reason why I stopped, which because I ended up falling in love, really, with a girl in Vegas that was never on the show. That ne- that was never on the show, and then next thing you know, we had a kid together in the whole nine, which I brought her on the reunion. A flavor of love season three. And when I brought Liz on to the show and my son Karma, these girls are looking like, where the fuck she come from? <laughs> they, didn't know. <laughs> they didn't have any clue. You know, so if you look at our reunion show, then you'll see. You know what I'm saying? These so girls, no, 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 I these remember girls, that. That's these real. girls were definitely confused like a motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? But... But then that's what made me stop doing it because I had fell in love and, and everything, you know what I'm saying? And Did the, the producers try to like talk you back into it or be like, hey, listen, this doesn't match the storyline. We got to stay to the storyline. We got to keep selling this shit. This is good. This is the best show on fucking earth. Yeah. Like, oh, with all due respect to you and your actual love life and what you may find outside of what the cameras see, we need to continue the money train. Right. Right. But... You know, they respected my way of life. You know what I'm saying? Because I fell in love. I had a baby and I wanted to keep the girl that I had. You know what I'm saying? So that's what She wasn't okay with you still doing the show. Nah, she was definitely not. Mm. There were times, man, when um, she didn't even... At first, she didn't know I was doing it. Really? She had no clue, you know what I'm saying? Then once she found out. Babe, I'm going to do a show right now. Once she found out, when I moved, when we moved in together, right? I used to keep the cable off. You know, that's when you could turn your cable on and off and everything. You know what I'm saying? Real G right here. So when I would go and and do my show, I I would leave the house and cut the cable off. When I left to cut the cable off, she had money. She cut the cable back on. <laughs> Fuck. You know what I'm saying? In the whole nine, and she seen, found out what I was doing and all of that and everything. You, you should know? have told her, like, oh, no, this was taped two years ago. Yeah, she wasn't going for that shit. You know what I'm saying? But then again, too, I had to respect the fact that, hey, you know, I got a good girl here, this and that, that and this, and I wanted to do the right thing with my life. You know what I'm saying? And Were you happy? I was happy. Yes, I was happy. And not only that, but I was ready to get married and all of that. You know what I'm saying? Um, the thing that stopped me from getting married is because I got scared. <laughs> I got scared. Really? I was Why? Like, uh, do you want to be like this for the rest of your life? Bro? Marriage is a scary thing for men. Hey, I, 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 to a lot of men, it's scary. But to a lot of men, it ain't because they done got married and you got a lot of men that's happy with who they're married to. One of my homies, he about to probably be on his third marriage soon. And I'm like, damn, he brave. We the same age. I'm like, this is a brave ass nigga. I'm like, man, I'm scared to even, nah. Uh, I'm, I think we could have these alternative relationships. I don't want to do the marriage. Yeah. 
you recently had a child though, like in the last couple of years. I sure did. And his name is Jordan. He's oh, three years congratulations. old. Congratulations. You know what I'm saying? His name is Jordan and he's my eighth child. Yup, I got eight. God damn. I got eight. You know what I'm saying? In the whole I mean, God is good. I wanted ten, but hey, it's okay. Uh, eight is great. <laughs> eight is great, and I still got a full plate. Well, I, the reason why I ask that because so, mm. you know, I, I'm in my 30s now, and I don't have a kid, right? And you know, people would assume that maybe you're done having kids, and you just had a kid recently. And you know, I'm I'm always kind of thinking about the age thing, like, well, I want to be able to play like you know softball with my son or some shit. You know what I mean? I want to be able to, you know, like we're playing basketball together, whatever. And I'm wondering. Did you, you know, did you plan to have a kid? Like, how, how did that even, like, occur? Hey. Because it was a paternity test it, thing, put, right? Put it this way. It was on the SH. I don't mean shh. I mean shit happens. Oh, shit happens. <laughs> like that. And we just leave it at that. Oh, man. Okay, okay. But, 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 but like, you know, all things being said, you know, it's still a blessing. Um, yes, you know, um, one thing I'm, I haven't heard about anything with any of your, your kids, like hope and, and nobody wants ever those things to make the media and, and it hasn't. And, you know, I'm really wondering now because, you know, we got to talk about this new single you got out. Right. And we're going to get hands to, up in the air. Hands up in the air. I seen you, you uh, debut it. Steve, Steve Aoki. Yeah, Steve Aoki, man. He's like a. Like a brother to me, man. Did you see him and, throw the cake? And and my my, re, my my relationship with Steve is that Steve knows that me and his dad rock the great Rocky Ayoki. We were friends. Oh, that's fucking crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's they they got a Benny his Hanna. Da, his dad is iconic. I think his dad owned a part of Benny Hanna's. Check this out. His dad Founded Benny Hanna's. Fuck. He's the found. He was the founder, right? And there's a Benny Hanna down on fifty six and six, right? And at that Benny Hanna, there's a special room called Rocky's room. Only Rocky would eat in that room. Nobody else could eat in that room but Rocky. Rocky got to meet me one day, and my family, and. He extended that room to me and my family. So me and my family were the only ones besides Rocky that could eat in that room. Wow. And I shared this story with Steve Aoki. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, Steve Aoki, man, always to me been like a, like a little brother to me, man. You know what I'm saying? In the whole nine. I mean, we've had a, you know, great relationship for years. That's my boy. And I love him and I'm very proud of him. And I mean, he done grew beyond f being a phenomenon. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Word up, man. Steve Aoki, man, is like like a god now. You, you know, do the cake thing? Man, listen. Like that I said, Steve Aoki is like a god now. You know what I'm saying? And not too many DJs get to be as big as Steve Aoki. You know what I'm saying? Um, DJ Skrillex, he's got a very big following. You know what I'm saying? Tiesto, he's got a very big Oh, that's a funny guy too, man. Wait, I guess I want to just ask you about the idea of of of, of being. Because I got a Tiesto story, and it's oh, a good go ahead, one. Go ahead, go ahead, and it's go a ahead. good one. That's why go I ahead. say he's a go funny ahead. guy. All right, go check ahead. this out. Last year, 
right? Yeah. During the Super Bowl. I was going to a Super Bowl party, right? So I seen this guy and I I was like, oh shit, yo, Elon Musk. Oh shit. I went up to him and I was like, yo, Elon Musk, what's up? What's up, man? Yo, let me get a picture. This and that, that and this. So Elon Musk took a picture with me and it was everything. Elon Musk? Check this out. Elon Musk took a picture with me and all of this. And I'm like, oh shit, I got a picture with Elon Musk. I got a picture with Elon Musk. I sent this picture to my manager, Rhiannon. She texted me back and said, Flav, that's not Elon Musk. That's Tiesto. <laughs> I was like, yo. And he went along with it and everything. So the craziest thing is Tiesto knew who I was. And he knew that I didn't know who he was. And he, and he respected that. And he respected it. And he went along with it and everything. So I've always wanted to see Tiesto again. And I haven't seen him yet. But I always wanted to see him again. And I wanted to thank him for not being rude to me, you know. And because I was making a mistake. I really thought he was Elon Musk. Because people have mistaken you before. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel a way after, like, if it's too much, you be like, nigga, I'm not no boosie. What the fuck is you talking about? Like, you know, one of those type of things. Well, I don't see the resemblance or even that, if it, either that anyone people else. see with me and Boosie. Yeah, yeah. Shit, you know what I'm saying? In the whole nine. Um, I don't see it, but other people see it. I got to respect that because I don't have other people's visions. I only have mine. But you could be like, man, I'm the reason why Boosie even rapping. I'm the pioneer. Don't fucking ever confuse me with no one else. Hey, look. It, it don't seem like that's your reaction at all either, though. Nah, man, because I mean, you know, hey, you know, Boosie is Boosie. Now, Boosie Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav. Flav. That's a fact, too. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people say, I look like Boosie. But no. Bottom line is, no. Boosie looked like me. I was here first. That is a fact. I was here first. That's a fact. And then along came Boosie. True. You know what I'm saying? In the whole nine. And, and right now, Boosie is success, very successful at everything that he's doing right now. You know what I'm saying? And he keeps it hood. He keeps it real. And mm. he is not faking who the fuck he is. He's, he's always authentic. really who the fuck he is. Always authentic. You know what I'm saying? Just like NBA Youngboy. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You tapped he's in? Not, he's, no, I never met him before. You know what I'm saying? But the reason why I love him yeah. is because he's real. And he's not faking who the fuck he is. I want to meet him one day. You know what I'm saying? I want to give him a pound and a handshake. You know what I'm saying? Because cause he's real. You know what I'm saying? He's real. He's not faking who he is, man. You know? That's definitely my boy. I'm going to definitely tell him about this conversation. I, I I can't believe you tapped in like that. Yo, he's someone who, he, he sometimes walks into this world thinking that a lot of people don't like him because he's misunderstood. So, you know, when, when, when somebody of your stature and, you know, you fuck with him, that, that's amazing. Hey, we got to get back to the Tiesto thing, though. The Tiesto thing got to happen, man. Yo, how has it been? Like, so you, you've been kind of traversing a little bit with, you know, you know, hip hop is, you know, they say it's the most popular genre now, right? So hip hop is now fused. EDM takes a little part of hip hop. Everything is kind of like very collaborative, right? So you got this new song, you know, put your hands in the air, you know what I mean? And th there's definitely your hip hop, 
So if you're on a song, there's going to be hip hop elements, right? But it's also fused into this dance culture, this EDM culture. And I'm wondering what's the inspiration behind that? And why did you say, let me do this now? Well, let me say this. I'm a musician. Of course. I play over 14 different instruments. Really? And I taught myself. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I say that's God teaching me. You know what I'm saying? But I love all kinds of music. You know what I'm saying? And when I say I love all kinds of music, I mean I love all kinds of music. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, when I was growing up and everything, you know, yes, R&B is what I grew up to. You know what I'm saying? Martha Reeve and the Vandellas and... Patty LaBelle and the Bluebells, you had the Four Tops, you know what I'm saying? You had the Temptations, my man James Brown, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you had the Isley Brothers, you know what I'm saying? Supremes, I mean, mm -hmm. but, 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 but I used to even listen to the doo wops, you know what I'm saying? Like the Flamingos and the Cadillacs and, you know, uh, Little Anthony and the Imperials, you know what I'm saying? But then, also, you know, I used to listen to a lot of opera music, because I like opera and shit, you know, because it's music, you know what I'm saying? So put it this way, I listen to all kinds of music, and in order for you to be able to sell music to everybody, you got to make music for everybody, if you just make music just for the rap culture, then you're only going to be able to sell your music to one certain type of audience, which is the rap culture audience. You know what I'm saying? I, I grew up also off of like groups like Rare Earth back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Mandrill, Jimi Hendrix. You know what I'm saying? Chick career, return to forever. You know what I'm saying? My boy Buddy Miles, who I missed. You know what I'm saying? And also, um, back in the days, I grew up to Stanley Tarantino and Miles Davis. And mm. I grew up off of jazz music. You know what I'm saying? Shirley Scott, queen of the organ. Jimmy Smith, the king of the organ. You know what I'm saying? I grew up off of this stuff. So that's why I'm able to make music that's and for everybody. I'm a I'm a music chameleon. I can fit into any music category that there is. You know what I'm saying? In the whole nine. So that's why, you know, EDM music is just another style of music. And I'm just showing people, hey, I could do this style too. You know what I'm saying? I can do more than just rap music. I can do more than just R and B. I can do more than just rock music, you know what I'm saying? And I can hit all kinds of audiences. I feel that's going to go towards your eventual residency in in Las Vegas. I feel your yes. energy, your energy is matched with the EDM audience. They 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 thrive off energy. They thrive off the things that you're amazing by. And um, listen to the track. I said. I love this. Thank I love you. this for you. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? It's different coming from Flav because everybody knows the 911 is a joke, Flav. Everybody knows the shake your booty, Flav. Everybody knows the can't do nothing for your man, Flav. You know what I'm saying? Hey, put like this, and I'll make this parallel. I think without you, we don't have somebody like 
Lil John. And Lil John did a really great job of realizing that, hey, listen, your hype and your energy is working in the space where live events are so crazy. And of course, you're the pie at fucking mirror. You know what I mean? This is what I, I, just, I keep saying I love that you're doing is that you are still breaking new ground. You're still doing new things. You're still, you're not just relying on the old reliable because you don't got to do a, a motherfucking thing else, right? You know, right. like even hearing, you know, I always tell people this is a great thing about just, you know, when you have a passion in music and hip hop and where it could lead us, you've done everything in the world. And and for to even hear you say, oh man, this, this phone call right here, you're still excited about? That's one of most people's, you know, my fear that one day I'm gonna be like, I'm just so jaded, I don't get excited about shit no more. But like, well, you did what you wanted to do, but you have no more other passions. And I could tell you have much more things you wanna do. Yes. You like, my, like one thing that you mentioned, my residency. Yeah. And I'm working on a residency in Vegas. It's a variety talk show. Really? It's a variety show slash talk show because you remember Arsenio Hall? Of course. Well, I'm taking that same type of show to another level. You know what I'm saying? In the whole nine. So, and he had... He had a variety of people coming through his show. And then after the performances, he would sit them down and talk to them and give them an interview. And I'm quite sure that, you know, if I had your favorite celebrity on my show, I'm, I'm quite sure you would love to hear what your favorite celebrity would have to say. Absolutely. That's what my show is going to be based on. You know what I'm saying? You being able to hear what your favorite celebrity has to say. The celebrity that you've been supporting. The celebrity that you helped to make big and larger than life. You know what I'm saying? It was your help, too, that helped that celebrity get there by you supporting them. So I'm quite sure that just to say uh, if I had... Lincoln Park on my show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And Lincoln Park is a lot of people's favorite group. Facts. I'm quite sure there's a lot of people that would love to hear what Lincoln Park would have to say. So I would have them come on my show, have them perform, and I sit them down and I give them an interview. What still drives you? Like, you seem very motivated, and it seems like you want to get these new things done. You want to get this variety show. You want to get this residency. You've done so many things. The things that drive me is me wanting to do things that I've never, ever done before in my life that's possible for me to still do while I'm alive. And I just want to get it done while I'm alive. So that's what drives me. That's an amazing answer. And then another thing that drives me is me wanting people to have what they haven't been getting in television. You know what I'm saying? I want to give people what they've been missing in television, which is good television. You know what I'm saying? So, so for me to be coming with a lot of your favorite artists or favorite celebrities, because I'm going to have all walks of life. From daytime TV to movies, music, visual arts, 
You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get my boy Shepard Ferry on my show. You know what I'm saying? He's a visual arts guy. You know, he's the one that paints these big murals on the side of buildings. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm quite sure a lot of people would love to hear what my boy Shepard Ferry would have to say. I'm quite sure that y'all would love to hear what Eminem would have to say if I had him on my show. Absolutely. You know, I'm quite sure y'all would love to hear what Samuel Jackson would say if I had him of coming course. to my show. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and not only that, check this out. One of my first guests that I will have on my show is my boy Flow Rider. Mm. What's that connection? Back in the day, when I moved to L.A., you know the group Jodeci? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, well, my boy Devontae Swing had a studio. And I started staying at Devontae's studio in 2003, right, when I moved to L.A., and that's when I met Flo, and also, I have my room downstairs, right? We all had our rooms downstairs in the studio. My room was the first room. Next to me was Flo. Right next to him was a guy named LB. And then right next to LB was my man, K Solo. And everybody, yo, mad shout out goes out to the legend, K-Solo, spellbound. Yeah, that's right. You know what I'm saying? So, I remember every day, man. First of all, this was way before Flo went to Florida. Got with Po' Boy and blew up. Way before Apple Bottom Jeans and all of that. You know what I'm saying? In the whole nine. And there were times when I used to take all of the guys at the studio because money wasn't flowing through there, really. You know what I'm saying? But I was one of the only ones that really had money coming through the studio. And I used to take everybody in the studio out to Thanksgiving dinner. We used to get a long table. And I... You know what I'm saying? And take everybody and everybody order what you want, drink as much as you want and everything. You know what I'm saying? I would make sure everybody had Thanksgiving dinner. I would do the same thing for them on Christmas and the whole nine. You know what I'm saying? And and Devontae was just giving us a place to where we could create and be ourselves. You know what I'm saying? So I thank Devontae Swing. You know what I'm saying? For being able to give us that opportunity. You know what I'm saying? To become who we are with music. You know what I'm saying? In the whole nine. Um, after a while, Flo left California and went to Florida. That's when he hooked up with Po' boy and everything, you know what I'm saying? That's when he, he came out with apple bottom jeans and everything. So here I am in the in the in, in my Escalade, and our friend Jessica, who was Devontae Swing's assistant, we sitting in my Escalade, and this record comes on: apple bottom jeans, mm -hmm. boots mm -hmm. with the fur. Mm -hmm. She was like, "Flav, Flav, yo, that's Flo, that's Flo, Flav, listen, listen." 
And I started listening to him, and I'm listening to the voice. And I'm like, oh, shit, that is Flo. Say, so he finally got a record out. Man, I'm proud of him, man. You know what I'm saying? In the whole nine. Now, we stayed together for practically three years before he went to Florida and blew up. Next thing you know, Flo blew the fuck up. Up, man. He started doing records with Timberland, with the ele my elevator and all of that. You know what I'm saying? And the next thing you know, he start. Flo has his own style. Yeah. He came out with his own style. He developed his own style. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. In the whole nine. And there was a lot of people that wasn't understanding his style that was hating on him. And I'll never forget it. And they, even a lot of people were New York because his style was definitely not New York style. Yeah, 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 yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? In the whole nine. When he came out with the apple bottom jeans and all of that, people New, Yorkers, was, New was, Yorkers wasn't really feeling people that. People thought it was pop music. Yeah, yeah. Really New Yorkers that. really wasn't feeling that at that time. You know what I'm saying? Hey, listen, check this out. Flo made his entrance into existence. I don't care what nobody say on everybody that didn't understand him. For all of the people that didn't understand him, after a while, Flo Ryder made himself understood. And then he was like, yo, this is who I am. This is the music that y'all getting. And not only that, but the music that I'm giving y'all. Now I see everybody bobbing their heads. You know what I'm saying? Still, it's, it's, it's to like this day, one of the biggest catalogs he, he he's he's put forth. Yeah, let me tell you something. To this day, right now, I'm first of all, I'm so proud of him because he sold over 100 million records. Damn, that's a you lot. know what I'm saying? Over 100 million records. But we've always stayed friends. He never changed who the fuck he is. Flow is flow. And we've always stayed good friends, man. You know what I'm saying? In the whole nine. So, that phone call that I just got, right? Check this out. He got these chains, right? That he made for the crew called Strong Arm. Strong yeah. Arm. You know what I'm saying? SA. You feel me? And there were times when I was like, Yo, Flo, can I get a strong arm chain? Can I get a strong arm chain? Because I go to a lot of shows of Flo's, right? And while I'm at his show, he calls me out on the stage, perform 911 is a joke. You know, on a lot of his shows. So I'm grateful to him for even sharing his stage with me. You know what I'm saying? And the whole nine. And I'm just there hanging out with my boy. I didn't ask for this. You know what I'm saying? But he has DJ Chronic. You know what I'm saying? Mad Shout goes out to Chronic. And Mad Shout goes out to you too, Flo. Fuck that. Anyway, so he has DJ Chronic, though. 911 is a joke on. I go out there and I perform it in front of his crowd. So Flo was, to me, is helping to keep Flav relevant. You know what I'm saying? And that's my boy. That's so, love, man. So, that phone call that I just got was my boy Yak, which is one of Flo's assistants. Yak is getting on a plane today. 
to fly out here to New York to bring me a strong arm chain. Really? <laughs> yeah, boy. Yo, flow, flow. Yo, man, and it, hey, and this chain ain't no joke, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm just proud to. Proud. I, I gotta see chain. a I, I can't wait to see a picture of it. I, I can't wait. To, I can't wait to take a picture with it. <laughs> God damn. Yo, that's big, man. I asked Flo about the chain yesterday. He said, "Yo, Flav, guess what? You gonna get that bitch tomorrow? I'm gonna fly. I'm gonna. I'm gonna send somebody to New York to meet you with this chain, and you are gonna have it. Wow. Yo, man. So Amazing. his manager, Freezy, Flo's manager, Freezy, said, "You know what? Fuck that." I'll give Flav the shirt off my back. He's like, yo, here, I'll give Flav my chain. So, Yak is flying up here to give me that chain. And that was Flo's manager's chain that I'm getting. Wow. But, but, and it's not about what the chain is worth. It's about the principle behind and what, the and chain. And what it symbolizes, of course. Yeah, and it symbolizes... You know, friendship, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a nigga symbol- who never changed up on you ever. It symbolizes love. It symbolizes realness, you know what I'm saying? Because I never changed who I was to flow. And he never changed who and he, he was to you. he never changed who he was to me. And I'm so proud of him, man. So proud of him. And now he done took an energy drink company to court that he's part of. Yeah, I seen that. Man just was awarded 82 million, man. 82 mil, that's amazing. And guess what? More chains. And, Fuck and, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, more chains. But still <laughs> in all, though, that's, that 82 million. Ain't gonna change him. Still didn't change flow. And it's not gonna change flow. Because flow had money before that 82 million came around. You know what I'm saying? And so flow ain't changing. The only, hey, flow is like Flav. Because I don't change. There's only three things in, there's only two things in this world that changes with me, really, besides time. It's the weather and my drawers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Those God. Those are the only two things that changes with Flav. Everything else stays the same. I'm going to always be the same person that I've been with you. You know what I'm saying? In the whole nine until you cross me or do something, then I got to change that. But other than that, Nah, man, I'm going to always be who I am to you. You know what I'm saying? And always give you the love that I've always been giving you. Casper was the friendliest ghost we know till I came along, and I took his job. So uh, you were living less, So that's why a lot of people gravitate to me, you know what I'm saying? And I take pictures with some of everybody, and people are still coming up to me with their babies. Hey, Flav, can you take a picture with my baby? I'm like, but the baby don't know me. Don't worry, I'm going to teach him who, who you are. So that's another thing that I have to my advantage that a lot of guys from my era don't have, which is kids as a fan base. Yeah. No, of course. Of you course. know what I'm saying? People love So them. that's another reason why I feel that God delivered me from being on drugs. You know what I'm saying? Because I have kids as a fan base and I can, I have a chance to teach these kids about these drugs before they grow up to get into drugs. Yeah. You feel me? No, I got of course. that power. God gave me that. So thank you, God, for the power that you gave me to be able to, you know, nurture kids, man, into the right direction of life. 
No, of course. Hey, listen, yo, Flav, thank you so much, man. Um, again, just just having you here is is like one of the, one of my one of my greatest accomplishments because I've always wanted to meet you. Like you're somebody who I watched like for so many years as I was trying to develop myself. You're a living legend. I want to give you every flowers possible available. Um, you've inspired not only me but generations after me. You know, you watching not only your career arc but your life arc is amazing. And I'm glad that you're here still preaching and sending the positive message to help other people because you've been through some of the highest and the lowest. Yes. And and and, and we love you for that. We love you for thank that. Thank you. Thank you. you know, thank you, man. You, your new single you. right now, if you guys don't know and you're watching this, um, put your hands in the air. It's out on Spotify. You go right above. I know you'll be watching this in the Spotify app. Go right above to the search bar. Go to Flavor Flav. It's going to be the last song. That's his, his, his latest release. Yeah, it's called Shit. Hands. It's called Hands in the Air. Fire. Hands in the air. Fire. You guys got to go check that out. in the place. Let me see you jump. Come on, man. Hey, let me stop, man. Come on. <laughs> Come on, man. Hey, listen, I'm going to give him the last word, but I, I just want to, you know, pay my respects because, you know, without somebody like you, there is no me. And, um, you know, I appreciate everything you've been through, everything you've learned, everything you've started, everything you've innovated because you help make this a possibility. It's a blessing that I could sit here, you know, in a studio to talk about music and talk about hip hop and, you know, have a situation with Spotify. So, you know, Without you, you know, going through all the hardships, putting in the work, and actually, you know, taking the highs and the lows, there is no me. So I appreciate you. Thanks, hey, my brother. And, you know, I just want to speak on that before I leave. Because let me tell you something. Without you, there would be no me. Sitting here doing an interview with you. Y'all made me who I am. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It wasn't public enemy that got us inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame. It was y'all that got us inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't y'all. It wasn't us that put our stuff up in the African American Smithsonian Institute museum in DC. That was y'all that put our stuff up in there. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't us that gave us the Lifetime Achievement Award from the Grammys. Oh, that was y'all that gave Public Enemy Lifetime Achievement Award from the Grammys. It wasn't Public Enemy that sparked the flame no, put it this way. Public Enemy did spark the flame. But it wasn't us that put Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday in the state of Arizona. We was just the spark that lit the flame to make that happen. And I don't know, no other rap group or musical group in history that's going to put a national holiday on the map. But we did that with Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday in Arizona. And a lot of people got together and voted on it and made it happen. You know what I'm saying? All because of us being in protest. Because Arizona and New Hampshire were the two states 
definitely that wasn't honoring Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday. And we were able to achieve that accomplishment by being out on the road with the group U2. You know what I'm saying? And U2, you know, when they fill up a stadium, man, I, I mean, they fill up a stadium with over 150,000 heads. We opened up for you two. Excuse me. So by the time we got on stage to open up for them, already there was like 60 and 70,000 heads in the building. You know what I'm saying? But everybody ended up joining us in protest and they got together. I'm sorry. They got together and the following year, 19, I think it was 94, Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday was born in the state of Arizona. You know what I'm saying? So God is good. So it was y'all that made us who we are. So as y'all give me flowers, I just want to return them and give them back to y'all. Wow. And I'm just over grateful. And I just want to thank you and everybody out here that ever supported like I said, my partner, Chuck D, myself, Flavor Flav, Public Enemy. Thank y'all. Just thank y'all, man. You know what I'm saying? Just thank y'all for making us who we are. Well said. Um, appreciate you guys. Uh, listen, I, I hope for everybody who's watching this, I know I sometimes have a younger audience, but listen, man, what created me, is watching great individuals like him and you know this the cycle continues hopefully i inspire some of you guys hopefully he has inspired some of you guys and hopefully we keep this great thing called hip-hop going on thank you my brother um no you, doubt. you you gave me a great interview today brother i appreciate that and thank solemnly you. and thank you for having me here man my guy listen thank you for watching another episode of off the record my guest flavor flav um he's gonna be out of here but um, yes, they call me Flavor Flav, and you know what? When I work hard, my name changes to Labor Flav. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. <laughs> hey, listen, yo, let me get let me get the iconic Flavor Flav uh, for the outro. I just need a Flavor Flav, but I need it from you. I can't do it like you do. Flavor Flav in the building, yeah, boy, DJ Academics. <laughs> and with that, we're out. Peace.